0: Hello friends, and welcome to another episode of the Foundation Worldview Podcast, where we seek to answer your questions so that you can equip the children that God has placed in your care to carefully evaluate every idea they encounter and understand the truth of the biblical worldview. I'm your host, Elizabeth Urbanowitz, and I'm thrilled that you've joined me for another episode today. Now, today's podcast is going to be a little bit different because I am actually not responding to a question that someone wrote in. I'm actually going to be responding to a previous podcast episode. Now, several months ago, we released a a podcast episode on talking to our children about dinosaurs. And now, if I'm honest, I kind of had a little bit of a stomach ache when we released that podcast because I expected actually to get a lot of pushback from Christians who hold very strongly to either a young earth or an old earth view, because what I recommended was that we expose our children to both views, talk to them about which one we hold, let them evaluate the evidence. Um, But instead what we received was pushback from a lot of people who hold to a naturalistic worldview or an atheistic worldview, or people who have walked away from the Christian faith. Um, And after those comments started showing up, I received actually a lot of personal Facebook messages from people saying, oh my goodness, Elizabeth, like, have you seen these comments? You know, like, why aren't you deleting them? And there was a very purposeful reason that one, I didn't respond to them and two, I didn't delete them. One, my ministry calling in life is not to get into arguments with online atheists. I know that there are people out there who are called to do that. That's not what the Lord has called me to. So I didn't, we didn't respond to any of the comments, but we did leave them up um, simply because we don't delete comments on Facebook or I'm sorry, on uh, YouTube unless there are profanities in them. And I thought it was really important for us to leave those comments up so that those Christian parents who are watching and listening could see some of the claims that their children are going to encounter in just in the world of around them so what i'm going to do in this podcast episode is i actually picked out several of the youtube comments that i'm going to read for us and then i am going to model how we could help our kids ask good questions when they encounter claims such as these. So that's what we're going to do for this podcast episode. Now, before we go into those YouTube comments, I would ask as always, if you have found the content of this podcast beneficial, that you would like and subscribe to make sure that you don't miss any future episodes and also ask that you would invest time writing a review so that more people can find this content and we can equip as many adults as possible to get the kids in their care, to carefully evaluate every idea they encounter. Also, if you have a question that you would like for me to answer on a future foundation worldview podcast, you could submit. That by going to foundationworldview.com forward slash podcast. Okay, so we're going to dive into these uh, several YouTube comments, and I'm just going to model. I think that there's three questions that we can think through anytime we and our children are encountering claims that go against Christianity. And so I'm going to model how to use these three questions. And so the first question is just Is there anything that we can agree with? You know, did this person say anything that we can agree with and affirm? The second question is, you know, what questions can I ask for clarity? You know, where do I need more information from this person? And then the third thing is what questions can I ask to get the other person thinking? And this is actually a formula that I would use when, whenever I'm having a conversation with someone from another worldview. Back when I lived in Chicago, the church plant that I was part of had this ministry that they called coffee and conversation. And just on the meetup app, every other Saturday, we would host a discussion at uh, Barnes and noble. And most people that came were atheist or agnostic or spiritual, but not religious. And we would just talk about a deeper topic in life and kind of, you know, share our thoughts and, you know, sometimes argue back and forth. And so as I got to develop relationships there with, people, you know, from vastly different worldviews as mine, as I would get to know them. And as we'd have lunch afterwards, we'd go out for coffee. Sometimes these are just questions I would ask them as they would make claims that I found really helpful. So the first comment that we're going to look through, this says confirmation bias is, is a legitimate issue for theists. Even those who probably mean well, like this lady here, please teach your children, critical thinking principles of the scientific method and secular humanism. These tend to supply the likeliest path for fulfilling life. So the first question we want to think through, okay, is there anything that we can agree with in this post? And I would say yes, that I wholeheartedly agree that confirmation bias is a real thing that we need to look out for, that we're not just believing something simply because we've always heard it. And everyone around us has always said that it's true, that we need to be investigating the evidence. So that's something that we can agree with in this con in this comment, you know, that confirmation bias is a real thing. We need to pay attention for this. Are we believing something? simply because we've always heard it and everyone around us has said it or have we actually investigated evidence and find evidence that is stronger than the opposing evidence for the claim that we have held then are there any questions that we should ask for clarity to help us better understand this person now this is just a youtube comment you know so this is vastly different than a personal conversation but if this was a personal comfort conversation with someone, I would ask several questions just to clarify, you know, first I'd ask them, what do you mean by critical thinking? When you say critical thinking, can you explain to me what you mean by that? And then I would just listen, you know, to listen to what they said. And then if, if what they were saying was similar to what was modeled in the video, I would ask, okay, can you just help me understand how is what you are defining as critical thinking different than the process that was modeled in the video that you commented on and just hear where they see differences in that. Then the third thing, the third type of question is what questions could I ask this person to potentially get them thinking? So one question I would ask is, you know, can you explain to me what evidence do you have to support the claim that these things that you mentioned that the scientific method and secular humanism tend to lead to the most fulfilling life? You know, what, What's your evidence to support that claim? Another question I would ask is, according to your worldview, why is a fulfilling life an objectively good thing? Those were just questions that I would ask, you know, one, for me to learn more about this person's worldview and two, to hopefully get them thinking. Okay. So we're going to take this for another comment. So another YouTube comment from that video says, if God is real, let the child learn for themselves when they become an adult. Don't indoctrinate them now because then they will only believe because it is what you what they have been told, not because they have their own critical thinking. Okay, so the first question, is there anything that we can agree with about this comment? And I would say yes, that this person has claimed that children learning things for themselves is really important that yes, I think I can wholeheartedly agree with this, that yes, children learning is a really important thing. Teaching kids how to investigate, how to discover truth, how to weigh the value of a claim that's vastly important for anyone, you know, whether it's in a Christian home or in a non-Christian home. So that's something that I can affirm and say, yes, totally agree with you there. Then are there any questions that I need to ask for clarity? You know, things that I might not understand. Um, So one question, one thing that I would need to ask a clarifying question about is, you know, what do you mean by letting a child learn for themselves? Do you mean that you never speak to them about God? You never speak to them about atheism? You know, you never speak to them about any worldview topics. And then I would ask, how is that even possible? Because so much in life, you know, like the way that we investigate truth, you know, how we believe that we should treat others, how we should interact with the world around us, the type of job that we choose, that all stems from our worldview. So how do you go about, you know, teaching children from a worldview neutral position? And then I would also ask this person just to clarify, because it sounds like they don't believe in God um, and they think it's best, you know, not to talk about this. I would ask, okay, so if you do not believe that God exists, do you hide that fact, your worldview from your children and just let them learn for themselves? Or do you actually talk to them about why you believe that God doesn't exist? You know, and if so, how is that different than a Christian talking to his or her child about why they believe God exists? Then the third thing would be, you know, what questions can I potentially ask this person to get them thinking? And so I would ask, you know, similar to what I asked in the last one, you know, just talking about something that's objective. um, I would ask, okay, so if you believe that God does not exist, So you're coming from a worldview where God doesn't exist. Why is indoctrination morally wrong? Like, isn't that just a standard maybe that our society has subjectively chosen because we believe that this is the way that humans survive the best? Like, you can't claim that that's objectively wrong if there is no objective moral standard, if it's just something that our society has subjectively chosen. So that's a question that I would ask to hopefully get this person thinking. Okay, we'll move on to another comment. Uh, The next comment says, I don't care how respectful anyone comes across on the surface level, level, or how well intentioned they might seem, or how much they sugarcoat their propaganda. You are effectively causing enormous harm to kids when you teach this kind of stuff. One of the best parts of being a kid is having huge curiosity. Let kids learn the amazing things which generations of scientists have discovered over centuries, instead of indoctrinating them with scriptures written thousands of years ago by barbaric primitives. Um, so you can see that this comment is a little bit more vitriolic than the other ones. And now, if when I read this, your emotions were just triggered and you became really angry, I think it's important for you to ask yourself a question about why that happened. You know, Did you just become angry because someone is you know, talking negatively about the God that you know and love? Or do you feel angry because you feel like you're not sure how to respond to this person? And, you know, therefore you just want to have an emotional reaction. Because that's really important because a lot of times, if we have a huge emotional reaction when someone says something like this, what this is highlighting for us is that we're actually not prepared to know how to respond to this. And so, if we're not prepared, This is something we need to get prepared for. So hopefully as I go through these three questions again, um, that will help you think through this. So the first thing is, is there anything with this comment that we can agree with? Um, And I would say yes, that this person has said that, that curiosity is one of the best parts of childhood. And I would agree that a child's curiosity is amazing i just a few weeks ago i was on vacation with my family and my brother and his four kids were there and i was at the the beach with one of my nephews and he was just loving you know like exploring everything that was there the seashells and the fish you know there's even a dead fish on the beach that seagulls were eating you know and he was loving watching that and exploring and learning and kids having this natural curiosity is an amazing thing and it is something that we want to lean into and we want to let them be curious and teach them how to learn well. So yes, I can agree with that portion of this comment. Then any questions that I should ask for clarity? Um, yes, this person has said um, that with what I'm doing, I'm I'm causing enormous harm to kids. And so I would just say, can you explain to me what you mean by harm? I just need, need to understand the definition of how you are using that word, because I want to understand, you know, what does this person mean? Um, then also one of the really sweeping claims was made that, Um, you know, that we shouldn't teach kids, we shouldn't indoctrinate them with scriptures written thousands of years ago by barbaric primitives. So I would just say, okay, it seems like you have really strong emotions about the Bible. Can you just tell me a little bit of your understanding of how the Bible was formed? You know, like, what is your understanding of the process of how humans got the Bible? Because I want to understand, you know, do they have A correct understanding of how you know, like how we got the texts that are now in the Bible, or do they have a different understanding that doesn't actually align with history? Then questions that I would want to ask to get this other person thinking. Um, Again, similar to the question that I asked last time, I would say, you know, if God doesn't exist and there's no objective moral law, why is causing harm to someone objectively wrong? You know, now as a Christian, I believe that you know, causing harm is wrong, that harming others is wrong, but that's because I believe in the objective moral law because I believe in the objective moral law giver. But if there is no objective moral law, if we got here accidentally by random processes of blind unguided evolution and only the physical realm was real, morals which are met- metaphysical therefore are not real. They're not real and objective. It's just what we as a society have collectively decided to say is right or wrong. And so, you know, why are you telling me what I'm doing is wrong if there is no objective moral standard for that? Okay, we're going to go through one final comment. Um, This comment says, I really appreciate how genuine and well-intentioned this is, but you mentioned a few times only showing kids views held by other Christians on the topic. Shouldn't they be exposed to the stories, evidence, scripture, science, etc., regardless of Christian ideology, and be allowed to learn and think for themselves? You should allow every person to pursue truth and faith for themselves. This type of grooming you are describing is a huge reason why I personally left my faith after growing up and leaving home. I realized I had just been exposed to things specifically meant to convince me of scripture and whatnot. I say let people learn and be curious and follow where the evidence and reason points them. Okay, so, again, we're going to ask ourselves, you know, these three different things. First, is there anything that we could agree with? And I would say, yes, there are some things that we can agree with. Um, one, I can agree that exposing our kids to views. Other than those of the Christian worldview, is good. Now, in this video, the person was referencing, I was specifically answering the person's question is, how do we help kids understand dinosaurs from a biblical perspective? So I wasn't answering the question, you know, how do we talk to kids about dinosaurs from every perspective? I was just answering that specific question. But I wholeheartedly agree that exposing kids to views other than those of the biblical worldview are good. For those of you who have taken your kids through foundation comparative worldview curriculum, you know, that's exactly what we do, that we take them first, just, you know, what evidence do we? find in life in the world around us? What does the Bible teach about this topic? What do four other worldviews in our society teach about this topic? And then we have them compare and contrast and evaluate what lines up with the evidence that we've already seen in the world around us. Um, I can also agree with this person that we should follow where the evidence points. We should. I mean, this is something that's even consistently modeled in scripture, that God does not ask for blind faith. God asks for reasoned, evidence-based faith, that every time God asks someone to put their trust in Him who they cannot see, He first gives them evidence of what they can see and why they should Trust him. You know, even as Christians today, our faith is not grounded in some subjective feeling or some subjective experience that we've had. Our faith is grounded in the objective claim that Jesus died, was crucified, buried, and rose again. And that's a claim. Those are claims that can be historically evaluated. If you're looking for more information on that, we have two different webinars at Foundation Worldview where we talk about the historical reliability of the resurrection. So I recommend you check those out. So yes, I can agree with this person that we should follow where the evidence points. Um, Next, what questions do I need to ask to clarify? Um, This person used a a word that's kind of a hot topic word, grooming. Um, So I would just want to ask for more information on that. You know, what do you mean by grooming? Um, can you just explain to me what you mean? Cause that word has, can have different meanings. And so I wanna understand how you're using it. Um, and then I would ask this person, you know, this person obviously grew up in a Christian home and then has walked away. And so I would ask, you know, what, what would you have wished would have occurred in your education during your growing up years. You know, when you look back and see how you were educated both at home, you know, and in the church, what do you wish was different? Because I'd want to learn from this person. You know, what were the things that he or she feels that their parents and those in leadership over them didn't do well? And I'd want to learn from that. And then are there any questions that I could ask to get this person thinking? Um, And again, I'm coming back to something I've talked about every time, you know, just this objective you know, standard. And so I would just say, you know, by what objective standard should we allow everyone to pursue truth for themselves? You know, why you this claim that you've made that we have to let everyone pursue truth for themselves. Why? Um, This is something I don't know what worldview this person holds, but if this person is coming to this question from a naturalistic worldview, this doesn't align with the naturalistic worldview, you know, in the naturalistic worldview, we should believe in survival of the fittest as long as bio- as well as biological determinism, where, you know, we really can't help what we're thinking, what we're feeling, the choices we make, you know, we're just dancing to the tune of our DNA, you know, so by what objective standard should everyone just be allowed to pursue truth? So I hope that as I've read through these comments and just walked us through these three things, you know, is there anything we can agree with? what should we ask for clarifying for clarity? And then what questions could we ask to get this other person thinking? I hope that you'll just take this formula and anytime you encounter a claim like this, that you'll walk your kids through this and, and allow them to do this. Okay. Is there anything in this claim that Christians agree with? Is there anything that we can just wholeheartedly say, yes, we agree with you on, you know, what questions, where might we not have understood this person, you know, cause we don't want to read one comment or have one conversation with somebody and then jump off into an explanation without making sure that we have really understood the person. Cause we, Need to make sure that we've really understood them and then what questions can we ask them maybe to get them thinking about their own worldview and ways in which their explanation of reality actually falls short of what we find in reality Well, that's a wrap for this episode, but as always, my prayer for you as we leave this time together is that no matter the circumstances in which you and the kids in God, that God has placed in your care, find yourself, that you would trust that God is working all things together for your good by using all things to conform you more into the image of his son. I'll see you next time.